Arturo Merán. Arturo de Yeah, it's all static. He's still. I don't know what it is. Oh, dude, you got it. Hold it right there. God, I'm sick of holding it. Why don't you try holding it? I'm holding it for almost two and a half months now. My arm's getting tired. It's never in the right spot. It's never good enough for you. Jesus! Oh, wow, dude, man, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm glad you said something. God, it's been boiling up inside me. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess this is our introduction into the first fight of the trip. Oh, it was a doozy. Oh, man, was it ever... We, we were in Ensenada. We were in, this took place inside of the grocery store. In, in my left hand, I had a bag of instant potatoes. Uh, I was holding a packet of pasta. And both of us were fighting tooth and nail for why we should be buying our item versus the other item as the best dinner. Pros of the pasta. It only cost four pesos. Um, we hadn't been having any pasta. It would go great with cheese. Uh, it was this beautiful little shape of pasta that I'm sure would have looked tremendous once it was fully cooked. Pros of the potatoes. Oh, and we already had a packet of pesto in our bag. Pros of the potatoes would have gone great with pesto. Um, they turn any meal into just kind of a yummy, yummy goulash, which has been, our systems have been accustomed to this. And I'd say, in my mind, the biggest pro was a minuscule amount of water needed. Um, and so, we... The potatoes cost almost 12 pesos. Oh, okay. And okay. we were going to have access to water. But anyway. Um... Turns out we didn't get either, um, potatoes or pasta. We ended up getting rice, so that settled that. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we held a nice little grudge for about two hours. Of, I think yeah. we, we walked back to the hostel. Tom carrying uh, all the groceries, <laughs> me not offering to help or lift a single finger in any way. But uh, we, over dinner, we discussed, and uh, I would say that night, it was nice talking about it that night, but I'd say the following day in Santo Tomas, we had a pretty beautiful conversation that night. We did. And uh, it was good. It was good, just, you know, uh, a good lesson in continuing to communicate, and um, a big realization in we have so much damn time on our hands mm -hmm. that uh, it's going to lead to a lot of pretty cool self-reflection and um, working on some of those those flaws uh, such as my stubbornness which anyone who's close to me um, has seen firsthand how stubborn I can be I would say for me it was my uh, not communicating earlier when I was feeling frustrated and letting it all build up and slowly turn into this explosion of rage over something as silly as pasta over potatoes Oh man, um, but yeah, that was that was the first fight. I'm glad it was potatoes and pasta, and not mm -hmm. you know, I don't I don't I don't even want to know what else it could have been. But, yeah. Uh, but hey, despite our very childlike uh, grocery store argument, we made it to Mexico. It is July eighth. We are in Vicente Guerrero, and uh, here's a little clip from our very first night in Mexico. July 2nd, we are in just outside Canyon Manteca, outside of Tecate in Mexico, 
just crossed the border this morning and we're beat to shit. Not physically. Well, like, part, kind of physically. But not, like, we didn't get the shit beat out of us. We kind of beat it out of ourselves. We chose it. We chose it as we continue to choose to do that every day. But uh, it was a stellar day. We woke up and had one last American breakfast. I would go as far to say that was an all-American breakfast at the Barrett Junction Cafe. It was. Um, We hit it on the weekend breakfast buffet. We're talking biscuits and gravy. We're talking bacon. We're talking French toast, fresh fruit, coffee. You name it, they had it. Um... And then we got to the border of the United States of America and Mexico. Uh, when we arrived, we, Ty and I just kind of... We almost walked, walked right in. Yeah, we, we were literally, a border patrol woman was literally opening the door for us <laughs> to get into Mexico. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating when I say that. When we kind of stopped and realized, oh, you know what, we, we should get our visas. We, we haven't talked to anybody or gotten any stamps or filled out any forms. Where is that? Where do we do that? And she just said, oh, but just back there. And so we went to the Border Patrol station, started doing our thing. I went in first and uh, was then sent outside to make a payment for my entry fee when Ty then went in. Same deal. I go in a second time to the gentleman who is assisting me. And when I go in the second time, he has on display on his desk, uh, which was not there the first time, um, an array of hot sauces. And (laughs) he has them on display for me and is then trying to sell me his hot sauces as I am awkwardly just trying to get him to stamp my passport to let me into... Mexico, uh, and I could not resist, um, before I left, and I did not purchase one, but I told him that my friend who was returning loves hot sauce, and he should try and sell them to him, and what happened when you went back in there? I came back in, uh, I was equally surprised by the display of hot sauces on the federal immigration desk. And, uh, you know, Spanish is still coming back a little slowly for me, pretty rusty. But he mentioned that my friend said something about me loving hot sauce. (laughs) And it's true. You know, that's fair. said, yeah. But I also somehow thought that uh, the patrolman said that my friend had already gotten a hot sauce and then he started telling me about the qualities of each hot sauce. This one goes great with fish. This one goes great with eggs. And I was really close to asking, well, which one did my friend get? I'll get the other one. Good thing I didn't because Tommy obviously did not get a sauce. All he did was throw me under the bus to get a sauce. Uh, so I just kept stammering in broken Spanish while he was passing or while he was stamping my passport. And uh, I was very close to just walking off with one until he said that they cost money and that they were for sale, not for free. Welcome welcome to Mexico. Here's your complimentary hot sauce. <laughs> Here is your traditional hot sauce. <laughs> and uh, and then I just awkwardly said, okay, thank you. 
Bye. Bye. I'm gonna go into your country. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was interesting. Funny story to welcome. Welcome our stay here into the country. We have 180 days now to soak it all in. <laughs> yeah, the, they gave us the old six-month visa. Which, at this rate, we might need it. Yeah. Because we did about uh, 10 miles, no, probably closer to 15 miles within the state of Mexico today before Tommy's rear rack exploded. Yeah, my steel rack, the, the you know, the material steel that's, like, super strong, it just snapped. Um, right next to my brake, uh, which is kind of horrible. Um, and to make it better, we were on dirt road, 10 miles from the highway. Um, so we're kind of up a creek right now, um, without a paddle or without a rear rack. Um, luckily two dudes, Eduardo and Jose, on a couple of motorbikes, uh, stop. We're stopped under a shady tree as we happened to see them, and uh, we asked them if they knew anyone with a truck. Um, they did not, but they helped us do. I would say some all-star jerry rigging. Yeah. Um, some of the best I've seen on this trip. I'd say this is the best jerry rig of the trip so far. I agree. But now we're left with a few decisions. Um, we cannot continue the direction we were going. We need to go back to Tecate. Um, option A is we get to the highway and start just stopping at... Um, what are those things called? Mechanics. Mechanics. And asking if they can weld my rack. Um, option... B is we call this bike shop that's about 100 miles away to the south in Baja, fast bike shop, and ask if they have any replacement racks in stock in their bike shop, uh, or if they can order a part. Um, option C is we cross the border back to San Diego and buy a new rear rack at a bike shop. Um which would be crappy. Uh, so, that's kind of the plan. Maybe um, this is just Uncle Sam telling us to come home for the fourth. <laughs> yeah. Bring it home, boys. Bring, Bring it home. home back. So, we'll see. We'll see what what ends up happening. But, for now, day one in Mexico, like, I, I don't, like... It was a roller coaster. <sighs> yeah. Highs and lows. I Unfortunately, just, it ended on a low. Yeah. Ended on a gnarly low, but could have yeah. been worse. Could have, I don't know, could have snapped into my brake, and my brake could have snapped into my rear wheel and exploded the hub, and I would have lost it into some barbed wire. And Or if we didn't meet Eduardo and Jose for their jerry rig expertise, then we definitely would have been walking out tomorrow. Yeah. At least now we have a chance at riding. Yeah. Yeah, so that's about it. I'm sure we'll have another update on this. Day two is shaping up to be equally exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of challenges yeah. to be bested tomorrow. We learned, We luckily, uh, Eduardo and Jose told us the word for to weld. 
which is so solder. Yeah, unfortunately, solder. his vocab lesson was also followed by a pretty confident statement that it cannot be welded. Yeah, like a like a, almost a laughable. Oh no, that's way too thin. You're yeah. not gonna be able to weld that. But here we go. Yeah. So. Buenas noches. Buenas noches. So we made it out. We are sitting in chairs in Vicente Guerrero, nearly 100 miles away from where the infamous rack twisted our souls and cracked not only itself, but us as well, to a degree, I would say. Yeah, I don't know if we can say that we've made it out yet, because we haven't actually resolved the issue. Yeah, we were... We decided we were probably going to wait and record this episode when we had the parts and everything, but the waiting has become so long now that we... We literally have nothing else to do with our time. So in order to do something productive, since we can't pedal or make any miles, we're going to get this episode out there. Yeah, but we actually... So we ended up going with option B, which was get back to the highway... Wait... Option A, we went with option a combination of option A and option B, which was get back to the highway, find someone to weld the rack, mm-hmm. and call fast bike shop. Um, so we were pretty much able to get out of the Baja backcountry without any problems, I'd say, except for the last mile, my bike started making some, some weird crazy noises. noises. We almost got attacked by those dogs. <laughs> I, I did, at least. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the um, snake. The snake? Yeah, just a snake that scared us. Oh, yeah, the live one. Yeah, we're so used to seeing them dead <laughs> yeah. on the road that when they start moving, it really freaks us out. Yeah. But uh, we kind of lucked out once we got to the road, because um, right where this trail met the road, there was a mechanic not more than 100 yards away, and we rolled our bikes over, popped our heads in, and tried to explain to them that we were on this bicycle trip, and my rack had snapped and I need to get it welded and uh first off yeah the they just looked confused as to why we were biking why why we would be biking in the heat of the day and then once I said the word weld they I would I wish you could see the the look on their face the eyes perked up they like literally lurched back a little bit and they're like weld a bike and uh, I was like, no, 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 just the rack, the rack, and which is kind of, I kind of like the word rack. It's raka, raka. It was, I enjoyed saying that one, mi raka. And uh, yeah, then it's just, the, so the dude who ran the store, he's like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I need to see if my dad's home. <laughs> this is a probably man in his mid 50s says he needs to see if his dad is home to see if his dad can do the welding. <laughs> so he goes and sure enough gets his dad and uh, little Hanaro uh, uh, Hanaro comes out and he's all excited. He's stoked to talk to us and he's oohing and on at the bikes and um, you know giving us props for the little Spanish that we're speaking with him and uh, he has me remove the rack and um, we walk back into his little wooden wooden work sh- work shed, which is um, the walls of it are a combination of kind of scrap wood and um, old garage door panels, and uh, it was by far the most kind of cluttered, discombobulated workspace that I've ever seen. But you know, there's always a method to the madness with stuff like that, and he knew where 
everything more or less was. And uh, granted, I'm 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 standing there in my my short bike spandex with my bright yellow uh, riding jersey. I think I don't think my helmet was still on. It was on. It was on, but my my ride. I also had my riding gloves on, so I'm just looking like a total freaking Jerry. And uh, Hanaro uh, sets everything up and um, keeps saying that we are going to weld. We are going to do this. And I'm a little confused because I have never welded. I didn't. I wasn't really sure where the we part came in. And uh, he had me holding a piece of my rack, the broken piece of my rack, in place as he was welding it. And the thing with welding is, unless you have one of those funky face masks on, you can't look at it. So there I am in these short shorts. I look just very dainty. And uh, I am holding this piece of steel a full arm's length away from... uh, the actual welding that's being done and not only am I an arm's length away but I'm completely turned around away from the welding because I can't look at it so I am holding a completely blind eye to what is you know these loud buzzing zinging and zinging noises of the welding going on and every once in a while uh, uh, one of the sparks would kind of arc out and hit me in the arm and I'd make a little and Arrow would kind of stop and go, what, what's wrong, what's wrong? <laughs> like, oh, nothing, just the sparks flying onto my bare skin. And uh, so, you know, after three or four different configurations of trying to get this this rack welded, uh, I turn around as Hanaro is kind of taking a moment to inspect the weld, and I notice at his feet, literally in between his two feet, there is a, a fire. Is something that his feet has caught fire. <laughs> and I start freaking out. I'm like, Henry, I own a fuegotito, fuegotito a tu pies. And he looks down and he's, he gets surprised. And so he starts stomping on it, jumping up and down. <laughs> and, oh, man. Yeah, that was just, it was a scene. It was a scene. But uh, luckily, we it, it worked. You know, we we brought it back to the bike, and um, after a little bit of hitting it with a mallet and uh, just some good old fashioned elbow grease, um, we got the rack back on. And um, by no means is it a pretty weld, but it held. Um, it held for a hundred miles, um, and that was huge because I was pretty damn worried that uh, we weren't going to make it to Vicente Guerrero, um, to Fast Bike Shop, um, but it held up, strong, sturdy as ever, and, um, yeah, Hanero was just, couldn't have been a nicer guy, um, didn't charge me a dime, which was just, you know, added to, added to it all, um, so many thanks to him, and then, of course, before we left, he got all excited, and, um, he, gave us not only his email address because I took some photos of him welding um, to send him those photos but also he gave us the contact information of some of his brothers who I think one in El Salvador um, there's like three in Mexico and then yeah a couple others throughout Central America yeah so that was that was just cool it, it was awesome uh, you know turning a, a pretty scary frustrating um, stressful situation into I don't think there could have been a better way of us getting out um, getting out of that pickle. Yeah. It would have been nice if we didn't get pissed on by that dog within oh, yeah. five minutes of arriving at the auto shop. But it's probably not the last time. 
no, it will be your far, idea. Far from it. Yeah. Far from it. But, um, yeah, what, well, from, from... We, uh, we left, uh, Tecate, went to Ensenada, uh, spent two days at a hostel there, had a pretty, pretty awesome 4th of July celebration, little backyard barbecue, um... Found some Budweiser's. Yep, yep. Found the old American uh, barley nectar that we love so dear. And then we were just kind of waiting around there for some confirmation from the bike shop about when we could expect the parts to be delivered because we figured we were going to have to be waiting uh, in one place or another. And uh, we thought Ensenada might be a better way to kill time. It's a little more to little more going on, some more tourist attractions, this and that. Um, but here we are waiting again in Vicente Guerrero, still without the parts. And uh, it's just been kind of tough not uh, not feeling productive and being stuck. Yeah. I mean, we've been in Mexico for eight days, and we've been waiting for this bike part for seven of them. Pretty much. Granted, we got a little bit of riding in, but I'd say this is probably of the last two months the slowest we've moved when we've actually been trying to like ride yeah. and put down miles yeah it's not like we've been you know intentionally spending rest days yeah. we've been just playing this waiting game definitely testing the patience and the sanity because um, mm-hmm. Vicente Guerrero is pretty much just like a little highway town it's not uh I don't know, no, nothing, nothing too special or to write home about, I guess. Yeah, and it's like within a stone's throw of the ocean, but because we've been so tied up with uh, going to and fro from the bike shop and trying to find where we're going to stay at night, um, we just haven't even had time. We haven't even really seen a swimmable beach since we've been in Mexico, much less actually gotten in the Pacific. Yeah. So that's been a bit of a bummer. We might try and do that today. Yeah, and yeah, the other tricky part is that like we said, we have not put in many miles from the border yet, and uh, it's not super advisable from everyone that we've been talking to to kind of just go out and camp wherever um, this close to the border just because there's a lot of hustle bustle, um, whereas when we get farther south down Baja, wild camping is much more abundant and just generally a lot safer, so the places that we've been staying have been pretty noisy pretty full of light pollution and yeah. roosters crowing, dogs barking at yeah. nearly every hour. So it's been like this weird week, but yeah, I don't know. It's also been kind of fun, like grabbing tacos and <laughs> that's been cool. I've enjoyed that. Eating tacos and drinking beer has always been fun. Yeah. We, fell, yeah, we, about that. we fell upon a beer fest at Posada Don Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, I bent my rear rim on a pothole, oh, shoot, yeah. which uh, was probably the most significant mechanical damage that's come upon my rig so far, but uh, luckily when we got to that bike shop that we've been frequenting, he had all the parts in stock to just swap it out with the new setup. So that was really uh, a quick fix. Big shout out to Fast Bike Shop in Salvador. Um, if you ever find yourself biking through Baja, and your need of parts or just someone who knows what they're doing with a bicycle, um, Salvador and Fast Bikes is the spot to go. Um, he is 
incredibly generous with his time. Um, he knows the ins and outs of any and all bicycles. Um, he is the man, and if, again, if you find yourself bicycling down here, definitely take a stop at his shop, because he will, he'll make your bike healthy again. And that shout-out to Fast Bike, and specifically to Salvador, is a great segue into uh, a new segment here on the Spoken Tour that uh, we're going to call La Amistad de los Extranjeros, which translates into The Kindness of Strangers. Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, how about that, huh? Um, once again, Salvador, uh, you have totally saved our butts, so thank you very much. And uh, your fellow Mexican compatriots that have helped us out so far since crossing into this beautiful country um, have been Jose and Eduardo, um, the two guys on motorcycles who gave us the all-star jerry rig on Tom's rear rack with nothing but a, uh, a carabiner and duct piece tape. of webbing and a carabiner, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and then again, big shout out to Genero. Um, that weld job was one of a kind. Um, and yeah, just thanks for leaving an awesome, awesome impression on us and sharing your stoke on life with the two of us. Um, and then we were welcomed into Ensenada by these two badass uh, mountain biker ladies who uh, were asking us about the trip, got really excited about what we were doing, and decided to guide us through the streets of Ensenada to uh, the hostel that we ended up staying at for two days, which was incredibly nice of them. So thank you ladies very much. Hope you are out there still cruising the streets of Ensenada and tearing it up on your bikes. Um, shout out to Genesis Vital and Rich Markowitz for their Spoke Nations which are just donations via our website. <laughs> um, you bought us many meals and kept us pedaling for many of miles. So um, thank you very, very much for that. And then uh, we also had uh, MJ Cyclery in downtown San Diego for uh, helping Tom out with some much-needed parts. I, is it worth diving into the story behind those parts right now? Just a quick recap, Tom. Yeah, okay, Ty, thanks for bringing it up, man. <laughs> um, so, uh, days before getting into Carl's bad, um, one of the clips on my rear pannier bag uh, snapped. And so, the day we got into Carl's bad... I ordered, I express ordered a part to make sure it got there in time. Sure enough, it got there. And I had, not only did I have the part in my hand, but I had quarantined what I thought was the broken bag into a corner of uh, my room. And the day before, the night before we left, I had installed this new part onto what I thought was the broken bag. And um, what I was taking off the old part what I thought was the broken piece I I saw it had just been jammed and uh, I was like oh my god Ty it actually didn't snap it looks like it was just jammed in place and you know we're laughing oh that's a stupid funny ass it's, you know it wasn't broken the whole time and so the next morning we're leaving uh, for the border and I'm going to put my bags onto my bike um, let me preface this with I had taken the replacement part and shipped it to my parents' home in Minnesota at this point. So it was just nowhere, nowhere near. And uh, I'm going to install my bags, and sure enough, I had quarantined the wrong bag, um, and my my clip was still broken. Was, in fact, snapped. Yeah, just totally snapped. So I start calling every bike shop in San Diego to find replacement parts, and sure enough, MJ's had the shop, 
and I did not tell them uh, this story. I just told them I had a broken part that needed to be fixed. No. I needed to spare myself just some embarrassment. Oh, so good. Of all the brain farts and dumb things that we've done, that one's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, totally. My favorite, too. It was great. Yeah. Um, but uh, we did have a great time in Carlsbad. Uh, it was a much-needed nine or ten days of respite there, um, sorting out gear, cleaning ourselves up, getting whatever pieces of new gear we want, good food, good drinks, good uh, company with my family um, and all of their significant others. A big thank you to my mom, my dad, my brother Travis, my sister Jessica, uh, Tony, Alden, um, Bobby, Joanne, all you guys showing up and taking the time to just come celebrate with us meant the world. And it was a highlight for me so far of the entire trip, and I'm sure it will be um, until the very end. Big shout out to Aaron for flying out. It was wonderful spending time with you, so thank you for making the effort. Likewise to Kate, uh, just having that time to spend together before departing for the nether reaches of Latin America was... uh, much needed. And then some other interactions we had in Carlsbad that we want to praise and thank for are uh, Amy, a friend of my mom's from their days in uh, college at the University of Arizona, who I had never even met before, or if I did, I was a young, young child. And uh, she is just a super encouraging lady who has been following the journey and just wanted nothing more than to come and see us and meet us in person and uh, tell us to keep on doing what we're doing. And we really appreciate her encouragement and just her her positivity and, yeah. Um, and Walshy. Uh, Walshy, it was great seeing you, man. Thanks for coming and playing volleyball with us on the beach. Uh, and Katie, thanks for showing up and seeing us in a very sorry state at O'Sullivan's later that night. And uh, Grant, it was great seeing you as well, man. Um, Shout out to John and Katie. Uh, wish you the best at your wedding this summer. Speaking of O'Sullivan's, we want to thank the Clay Colton Band, specifically their lead guitarist, Sergio, who is a pretty spot-on doppelganger of Slash uh, from Guns N' Roses. If you remove the top hat and add like some rose-colored aviators. Um, but you guys played an unbelievable cover of Freebird. Oh, man. And that was our final live musical performance that we witnessed in the States. And to to leave the U.S. of A. with Freebird ringing in our ears was just so fitting. Yeah, that was huge. Ty entered some sort of hypnotic state. It was was just amazing watching him rock the house uh, on Freebird. So that was special. And then, uh, Scotty, it was great seeing you in La Jolla. Um, we spend a lot of time uh, hanging out at the beach when we were kids over the summer vacation, and it was just this great uh, blast from the past wave of nostalgia, uh, getting to see you and your family again. Uh, my dad, shout out to Joe Crosby. Um, he coincidentally had to come out to California for work uh, just at the tail end of when Ty and I were in Carlsbad and we were able to share dinner with them. Um, great seeing you. Love you, Pops. Finally, uh, Thomas, you hooked it up with our most comfortable piece of gear in our repertoire so far. Um, we pretty much end every day in your free fly hoodies. And Boo uh, has put us back on the grid with a new solar charger. Thank you both.
using it right now, right this moment. Well, that about wraps it up for Kindness to Strangers. Um, before we tune out, we just want to give another humongous thank you to my dad, Mark. Uh, he put up with us for about a week and a half after us continually saying on each new day that today was the day we were going to leave and we've got everything together, we're going to be heading out. And then something would come up, our errands would get delayed, we didn't uh, accomplish what we thought we were going to, and then we kind of sheepishly say, oh, Dad, uh, is that all right if... Is it all right if we stay another night? And he and was always welcoming. And oh, yeah, and you uh, take us back out to another delicious dinner. How's that sound, Dad? <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, Father's unconditional love. He was uh, all for it. He stay as long as you want, and it the the rest and rejuvenation um, put us in the right the right state of mind to continue on the trip. And we wouldn't have made it this far if it weren't for that uh, love and kindness that you showed us. So thank you, Dad. And uh, looking forward to all of the future encounters with uh, Los Extranjeros and uh, keeping ourselves open and giving and willing to receive all the wonderful things that are out there uh, from all the wonderful people of Latin America. Cheers to that. Uh, I guess from here, we're just going to keep waiting for our parts and pray to God that they arrive um, because I can't really continue without a new rear rack. Um, but once that gets on, we're going to be heading south. The nice thing about Baja is you kind of know exactly where you're going to be ending up just because south is the only direction you can go. Um, we'll be bopping back and forth between the Pacific Ocean and the Sea of Cortez and eventually cruise down to La Paz. Um, where we'll take a ferry over to mainland Mexico. Um, but in the meantime, we really have zero clue how much access to Wi-Fi, computers, etc. we'll have. So um, hopefully we'll get another episode up in likely more, looking probably more like three weeks once we actually get to La Paz. Um, and by then, I'm hoping we'll have about another thousand miles under our belt. But uh, only time will tell on that one. So... I guess it's your turn to start playing the waiting game. How's it feel, huh? <laughs>